0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, Europe, good morning Americans, and welcome to Rug Radio Asia Motherfuckers, your daily show dedicated to Web3 NFTs, latest news, hot topics. And on the menu today, we've got Mochaverse, OtherSide, Other Side, Goblin Town, Magic Eden, Coinbase, Reddit, and a special guest, you already you already mentioned it, from another amazing marketplace let's call it marketplace Rareable. we do the show every weekday monday to friday 10 p.m utc plus 8 or 10 a.m eastern time or 2 p.m utc now uh bear in mind we are changing clocks at the end of this week so the time in utc will then be 3 p.m a very warm welcome to you, ladies and gents, from all over the world as you join us on this adventure to build the biggest, the greatest, but not only the baddest as well, Asia Web3 community there is. My name is Wacky. I am your host under our brand, PewCast. So many projects are going into phase two. And you know what? There's one project there. It is called Goblin Town. It's close to my heart. I've been looking at those goblins since the very <laughs> beginning, man. <laughs> Bro, I love those goblins. Gary, <laughs> beep, And I cannot wait to get myself on one. Um, But this show would not exist without my fantastic co-host. He is the sexiest man in Asia. He is the Dwayne Johnson, the rock of Asia. His name, Puke
1: Rainbow. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. You know what, bro, because of you, right, you know, you got a new gig right now, you're working through an office, I bet, you know, that's like nice with glass, big glasses looking out on the window, and you know what, I just said, let's skip to the good part today, there's no question of the day, because you know what, Wacky, you are short on time, so let's just get right to it. So guys, welcome to Asia Web3 Motherfuckers, powered by Pukecast, the rock radio of Asia space, where we only have one goal in mind, is to build the most genuine Web3 communities among the Asia countries and to unite everyone under one roof. So, just a little bit of update. Today is day number four in terms of collecting your chicken bucket. (laughs) And so far, man, more and more people have been collecting. Like yesterday, they have 21 people that's collecting. So, you guys know it. You know, two more days and next Monday will be the amazing giveaway for you guys. So, if you guys are new on the space, not to worry. Just collect the chicken bucket. All you have to do is wait till the end of the space. I will do a snapshot for whoever's listening to it. Drop you guys a link. Go and collect it. And uh, you know, every week we will be releasing different food. Like you know, like I said. All right. Sounds so to let's... me
0: like people Sorry. are interested in collecting money. Ooh, money, money, money. <laughs> all
1: right, Maeve, You are alone today again. Go ahead and give me your news update. All right, all right. Thanks, Pew.
2: So I'll get right into it. Doodles with the vibes video teaser, maybe next experience. Mochaverse introduces Mocha XP TLDR, stay loyal and active. The plague will move contract for royalties on 24th of March and change metadata. Other side with second trip video teaser coming 25th of March. Goblin Town with part 2 roadmap, perhaps more burgers and grumbles. After Ordinals, Magic Eden reveals itself as a Web3 gaming hub. Coinbase was hit with a Wells notice. And lastly, Reddit CEO confirms
1: marketplace for Reddit avatars and more.
2: Back to you, puke.
1: All right, all right. You know what? Okay, before we d- d- dive into the news, I have to talk a little bit about Doodles. Like, it's not a big news, Uh-oh. but <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: still looking at Doodles, man.
1: <laughs> no. So, so the funny thing is today I was looking at you know the rock radio host, and damn, I didn't realize like the head of business development for Doodles is actually a host in rock radio as well. And um, yeah. It's yeah, Austin. Right? It's Austin, right? Yeah. And so I was like, all right, cool. So maybe they, go, they want to change up a little bit in their communication because, you know, you got a host. You have to be active, right? And today, you know, 19 hours ago, they released just an image. This vibe all the time. And, you know, man, like no matter what f- is, the, I mean, the picture, the, the, the sound, the, the style of it, I mean, I still like it, man, <laughs> no matter
0: what. <laughs> so, you, you're such a sucker for doodles. You just love uh, it. You just yeah, love
1: it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still going to get my rainbow peel, bro, like, you know, when it when it drops further. But right now, it seems like, you know what, they wanting to update in terms of their quality of communication. So they, they posted this and said, you know what, um, they are going to host this thing called Doodle Sesh, uh, basically Thursday, 7 p.m., whereby it's, it's – is going to be a recurring opportunity for community to connect directly with the doodle team. I mean, hey man, like this is one step. Every week, if you're doing spaces... I mean, it's a way of communicating back because I mean I realize like, you know, they have been such a blue chip when I come into the space. And because of lack of communication and stuff like that, you know, we see it downhill. And I think now they realize like, you know what, founders have to be active on spaces to show the present, right? Like we we talk about this. It's actually a full-time job to just be on Twitter 24-7. You see Frank, you see Luca doing it. And I think if they are approaching this you know, this way of communication and if they can handle all the fun that people come up because, you know, spaces people are ruthless, right? And if they can handle this, I mean, this is one step ahead. So, you know, that, that remote people, maybe, maybe, I'll change my PFP. Is, is, wacky. wacky I, I think Wacky is on mute, but, you know, his connection is shit today. All right, so... Oh, hello,
0: I, wait. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Yo, I was I was giving a shout out. I was giving a shout out to Bagman. We've got another pudgy in the house. This is a, a, a you know a karmic another karmic pudgy here. So shout out to you pudgy people. We've got intense pudgy debates on this on this show um, with the forty ETH pudgy, the golden pudgy that sold a few days ago. So shout out to you boys. Now shout out to you puke. Give me you you're gonna be our soundboard for the puke rainbow floor. Have you checked what is the current puke rainbow floor? Because let me tell you, let me tell you, right? There, there can only be two things happening with this puke rainbow floor. One, it goes further down because A, the economy tanks even further, right? And, and no one is going to care about NFTs. So everybody's going to try to get money out and put it in Bitcoin. Or B, because what, what is going to be B? Um, or, or B, what, what is B? Why would it tank even further? I don't remember why B would be but um oh or b they actually c- stop communicating completely and then by definition it won't be worth anything but 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 if all of a sudden they start putting out teaser videos and start actually communicating it may not go any much f- any further than what it is right now so what's the floor of the rainbow
1: all uh, right the floor on the rainbow right now is 11.5
0: is it more than it was last time wasn't it, it 9
1: no no last time was 15 so last time the oh was, should shit. i date, like it, it's the same as an Azuki, right? The floor. So right now it drops to 11.5. But the thing is this, bro, the thing is this. When it was 15, it was a bald, bald, rainbow, puking. Oh, it was so yours. I, yeah, that's mine, that's mine. And right now, like, the floor there is no more bulb guy anymore. Like, the last bald guy is 40 Eve. So, ah, shit, shit. I, I miss it, bro.
2: Puke, don't worry, man. You just gotta wait for the right time. Go into the. <laughs> Uh, do those discord (laughs) somebody's gonna upload it for you man
1: (laughs) yeah 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 definitely definitely all right so i know wacky here is a super fan of goblin town bro and i watched the video you know the video is two minutes and 50 seconds right and the funny thing is this like i tried to make sense of the videos but i have no idea because they said like you know one burger trap two burger trap three burger trap um I have no idea what's going on, but but they have a partnership with Atari X, which is also one of our speakers previously, and they have a lot of cool, amazing, like uh, mobile vehicles that is going to come out soon. I mean, right now, tons of you know projects are doing like the second update roadmap, you know, releasing their videos, releasing tons of cool updates. What they're going to drop naps. So I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, bro.
2: Yeah, I think Wacky is having connection problem, but uh, yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. agree though. Like I, when I was watching <laughs> the video, it was uh it was quite lengthy to be honest, because they were like re like I felt like they could do a better job recapping the whole the whole uh what's it called the the whole journey. Then I was like, okay, there's a lot of like burgers and a lot of grumbles, man. Just like burgers and grumbles, Then towards the end like Atari. Yeah, it seems like uh like I, we we were talking we were just talking about this yesterday. Uh, gaming is is massive. Like uh, more and more AAA uh, brands are coming into space. Uh, a lot are obviously already in the space and uh, making more progression so very exciting times man even Atari has been uh, making a lot of progress
1: as well yeah but do you know what's Atari doing like the previous thing is they they dropped the art collection right and then Atari is supposed to be be a game so is there any like game you think further that they're going to build together with Goblin? last
2: I checked Atari I think was last week uh, because I think there was some movement in their floor prices but uh, they're basically developing their their avatars right now, or a, an avatar series of uh, one of their. Uh, I think it was like a car thing for Goblin Town. I I believe they're doing this for, for other collections as well. Uh, as far as I know, it's.
0: It's going to be called Goblin Cart. You know Mario Kart. It's going to be Goblin Cart. Did you did you see the did you see the the well their vehicles? It looks awesome. I think it's going to be great.
1: <laughs> you're probably you're gonna, be, shilling, bro, you, bro. You're just shilling your back.
0: Yo, I'm shilling. Well, I don't have any yet, so but I'm shilling them g- big time. So I can really imagine driving the Goblin cart, throwing burgers at each other. You know, probably dropping PP at the back for oil to for for all the other cards to sl- to slide around. I can I can see it, man. I can see it, and they're gonna do amazing. I can see it. <laughs> all <laughs> right, all
1: right. Talking about game, I uh, like you know. Uh, May, if you talk about games, right, and uh, right now I'm seeing that, you know, Magic Eden is, is, is kind of, like, interesting to see how, you know, after that whole debate in terms of, like, you know, the royalties and stuff like that, each marketplace is actually taking a slightly different approach, right? Like, we saw, you know, Magic Eden right now, they said, hey, you know what, we we have been launching seventy plus project, investing in dozens of studios, and right now we are ready to launch or highlight ten game launch partner together with you know Solana, with Polygon, and like you know, it's, it's good to see like all these things. The royalties kind of like you know push them towards wanting to you know create the next movement, right? So, Wacky, um, t- tell me your thoughts on this, man.
0: Okay, so we we've been talking about this for for a while that gaming is going to be really what i don't want to say what will get people to adopt web3 i will just say that this is what will make the use of nft technology more prevalent uh, around the world right because re- realistically the more i'm spending time in in web3 and realizing and and sort of especially considering what is happening in the world at the moment right I don't, really, I don't really think that we're going to see what everybody's talking about, the onboarding of Web3, right? I don't really see millions of people all of a sudden creating MetaMask wallets and using those wallets. To be honest, the people that know about it now, they, they know about it. There will be an increase, a gradual increase, but it will never be all of a sudden millions of people at the time. However, through gaming and through various platforms that will integrate Web3 technology – within interfaces and within things that people are already familiar with, then there will be a mass adoption in terms of, um, usage of NFTs, right? So again, we give the same example, but when people are playing, and let's imagine Goblin card, right? Let's imagine you play Goblin card and you've raced like this so many hours and all of a sudden you get a golden a golden burger card, right? Well that golden burger card probably has some value and I can see it as an NFT that you will then be able to sell to other people, right? But it will I think it will be all integrated within within the platform itself seamlessly. And what Magic Eden is doing there, you know, promoting specifically Web3 game, I think it's great. Right now, you don't really have a hub for all those Web3 games, right? And th- they're effectively positioning themselves to be that hub, and I think it's a genius move. I mean, you know, I- I've got a lot of respect for Magic Eden. And I think they're they're a very proactive and very dynamic business team, and uh, I think they're gonna do. They're gonna keep on doing very well.
1: Yep, yep. And just another update is basically MochaVerse. We talk about them, and uh, right now they release this thing called the Mocha XP. Right, so all you have to do basically there's four types of path for you guys to earn Mocha XP. One is loyalty, staking, activation, and community. So like the staking and stuff and stuff like that. It's an active staking, so you don't really have to do anything as long as you don't sell it, you don't list it, and stuff like that. You know, then you are already available to join. Um, and there's also they're gonna release more and more stuff of you know how you can kind of do it. So when they say community, so basically they are looking for people who's actively you know contributing to the project, not just you know holding it um, long, but you know being constructive, you know being active on Discord, active on Twitter. Basically, I feel it's more towards like you know creating more content for the community, like right? right. And when you do that, it kind of like raises the brand awareness, and they're going to reward you with Mocha XP on how to do that exactly you know they, they said that they're going to release a website so all you have to do is you know once it's released you have a leaderboard that you can check it on and I mean this moving forward is always going to be like you know the carrot economy like we talk about right so you are active you are wrapping in the pfp you are contributing to the ecosystem and because of that you are rewarded and the more that you can do together with the ecosystem so hey man this is exciting
0: Mochaverse, man, that's another another one of the big brands, another one of the big projects. If if I'm going to put money anywhere in the NFT ecosystem right now, Mochaverse is going to be one of them. I mean, to be honest, they are they are so big. And you know you, how you were talking about project founders that need to be there active on Twitter, on Twitter spaces, communicating, right? Well, Yat you, right? Yat is one of those founders. He is the founder of Animoca Brands, right? And Animoca. So he is... Constantly, he's literally going at every single conference. He's speaking at the World Economic Forum. He is out there. To be honest, that is also one of the big projects. That uh, if if to put any money in, I'm I'm very bullish on on Animoca. So yeah, very excited. I find it very interesting that they call it staking, even though you don't have to do anything, um, which is good. I wouldn't Active have called staking. it staking. Active staking. Yeah. I, Active staking. Yeah. I, <laughs> I still find it confusing. <laughs> I would just call it holding, huddling. I mean, we've got a term for this. It's called huddling. But uh, but anyway, I'll I'll take it. You know, gathering XP just for holding your bags. I mean, I think I think it's fair. I think it's a good, great way of incentivizing people.
1: All right. Yeah. Yep. What All else? Right, what so else do we I got know, on the menu, man? We're gonna. Uh, you know what? We're going to wrap up because I'm excited to speak to Lin, uh, which will be representing Reverbust. So, you know, let's get into the topic of today and the guest speaker. So, Lin, how are you doing?
3: Hello, hello, GM, GM. Can you guys hear me? Sound check, I guess.
0: We Lots can, we can. How you doing?
3: Fabulous. I'm doing well. I also want to say hi to my partner in crime, Adam, if we can get Adam up as well.
0: Adam is behind Adam. the main account, yeah?
3: Um, let's see.
0: Oh, no, no Adam, no. I can it's... see him sending hearts. I'm going to invite you to speak, Adam. Yep. Here you go. Just okay. sent you an invite.
3: GM, GM, everyone. I,
0: said, GM, I, GM.
3: I love, what I love about Twitter spaces and time zones is that this nails our GM. You know, I'm in Toronto right now. It's uh, 10 a.m. And what time is that? It? It's your end, folks.
1: P.M. folks. So... It's uh, just p.m. for us. Love that. It's
0: 10 p.m. for them, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm... And and I'm 2 p.m. here in London, so it's uh, worldwide. I mean, yeah, we're covering all the entire world here.
3: We really are.
0: So tell us more. Um, you know, first of all, Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, love, love to hear more about, obviously, you, your background, how you got involved in Rareable, and what exactly you're doing in Rareable. and, you know, did you have a previous Web2 life, um, or are you Web3 native? So that's, that's a lot of questions at once, but the uh, stage is yours.
3: Sounds good. Um... Yeah, great question. So I've been at wearable for, I'd say, seven months now. It feels like seven years, to be honest, you know, working in Web3. Uh, it's uh, just go, 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 right? Um, got in the space. Uh, back in the day, I was at a bar with my friends and they're like, "Lean, you got to buy some Ethereum. And I'm like, Bet, you know, what's the stock ticker symbol? They're like, no, no, we need to set you up with a wallet. And that's, uh, I took up my physical wallet, actually. And I was like, I have a wallet. What do you mean? <laughs> right? And I uh, down that rabbit
4: hole we went (laughs) but um
3: it was it was an interesting story but in terms of nfts i got into it during covid um i was stuck at home with covid and uh, in toronto they really like stuck us at home right so i was stuck at home i was bored i had covid we had to spend the 14 days um and then I saw, I think it was the Beeple or something was trending somewhere. And I was like, okay, hey, let me, I guess the money I bought in the bar, the Ethereum, you know, on that wallet, can I use it to buy um, a JPEG? Uh it took me an hour and a half to buy my first. And then um, it was so fun. I was like, this is fascinating, right? None of my friends, all my friends thought I was bananas. They're like, oh, girl, what's going on? Stop spending your money on these like freaking i don't know bananas or monkeys or whatever. <laughs> and when I them, they lost it right they're like you are buying like it's not even pretty but i'm like but it's my gobby you know it's like i can it's, it, it was iconic um but i started meeting twitter friends you know i was like doxed at the time or no undoxed i was nft butterfly um and i started meeting like randoms on the internet you know for coffee chats and then my twitter friends became my irl friends and from there, I found out about Rareball through Discord and uh, ended up uh, joining the team.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's a, it sounds actually not too far off from my my story. And uh, what was your what were you doing previously in Watu?
3: Um, I was working in app development. Um, I was on the product side. I was at a telecom company um, in Canada. In Canada, telecom is very. Uh, It's very slow right you don't have much competition it's uh, just three big companies like the banking industry um so it was a bit slower than the pace we're at right it's like five o'clock hits i'm done my work in two days you know it was i had a lot more time (laughs) on my hand Uh, and then before that i had a couple of failed startups but we love uh, an entrepreneurial spirit here (laughs) how about you guys
0: Amazing, amazing. I mean, I had a, a Web2 job before I was in uh, structure. I was in finance, effectively, left. And and then, as you say, as the craze started, unfortunately, I didn't catch the craze as early. During COVID, I literally didn't do anything. I was just playing golf, watching TV. I wish I had dug into NFTs. That was really the time. But um, but then, you know, jumped into X2Y2 and I was the head of business development for X2Y2 last year. So it's, as you say, the, the pace is crazy. It's so much crazier than, than Web2. So it's it's interesting, and then and then Puke is just an e-commerce genius genius, aren't you, Puke?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so when Lin said, you know, you you've been in a like you know few failed startups, I feel you because man, like. It's in, in Malaysia, um, you know, when uh, there's a startup, it's usually e-commerce business, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they, they just spend time watching YouTube and or, or even Instagram. And when you see that YouTube is always, you know, that that guru that's on Shopify and it's like, you know what, guys, in 60 days, I make 1 million and everybody just go head down to it. And, you know, once you, you hit that benchmark and then you realize like, hey man, like there's so much more than just scaling Facebook ads, uh, you know, sustainability, you know, having to do for example physical stores and stuff like that so i feel you lin right but you know what's a good thing is we both right now it's full time in web3 so kudos
0: so, Adam, welcome to the stage as well. I see you're head of community at Rarible. Would love to hear a little bit from you as well because uh, presumably that's, that's a big job, man. I mean, you know, from experience, the head of community is literally everything in, in a Web3 project. If you've got a good, strong community that you can manage well and get excited, that's half of the battle done. So, Adam, welcome. Uh, over to you.
4: Hey, team. Thanks so much. Can you hear me? We yep. can hear you, yes. Yep, we could. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for having us. Lean uh, pulled me in and was like, hey, there's like met some amazing people come into this space. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my whole job. I love this stuff. <laughs> so um, I can give you a brief background. So I was working at Twitter uh, before Rarible and I was working uh, on their social marketing team. So I was, you know, writing tweets for some of the biggest accounts that are managed by Twitter, which was a really awesome job. Um, exposed me to social, really, really fun. And then I worked on, um, tangentially worked on two projects, uh, which was Twitter's NFT drop. Um, Not many people know this, but Twitter dropped its own series of NFTs on Rarible called the 140 collection. And that was really cool. And then I also um, got to help market the uh, Hexagon PFP project. And uh, our design team, and and we had like a small internal team who put together a really sick um, trailer. And I'm pretty sure Farouk was in the trailer for that project um, to help us launch hexagon uh, pfps so once i saw those two things sort of come out from twitter i was like damn twitter is where things happen twitter is where the culture and conversation sort of intersect nfts are a thing i need to be paying much more attention to this space and so um, you know we already had the existing relationship with variable and then i was like flying around to different conferences i met the team at ETH denver back in 2022 um, and shortly after, they were like, "Hey, come on, come over and, and run our social, and come like help you know build our community." And I was like, "Damn, okay, cool." Uh, so I've actually been at Rarible for a year. It was a year yesterday, which is really exciting. Um, and I love Rarible. I love everything that they're doing, and it's just been an incredible experience so far.
0: Woo! woo, woo. Happy uh, Happy Rareable anniversary, Adam. <laughs> Um, I I was about to say, you know, it it, it must feel a bit weird to having worked at Twitter and still be on Twitter all the time and literally just be on Spaces and all that good stuff. It must a little bit be like, you know, you imagine you've had an ex-girlfriend and and then you break up and she's just there all the time in the same group. You constantly see her every day. You know, it must be, I can imagine it must feel like this. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all, so, right, all right, I'm going to ask one last the, quick question. Go ahead, itself. go ahead.
4: Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say the role itself is crazy. Like, if you had asked me, you know, when I was in college, like, is there ever going to be a time in your life where you, where you will get paid to sit on Twitter and talk to people? That's literally what I'm doing, either from my account or the wearable account, and someone will pay you to do that. I'll be like, no way. No way. That's not a real job. <laughs> but that is a real job. And Web3, it's so necessary, you know what I mean? Because community is everything. So I just feel super lucky um, and I'm super blessed to be in this position.
0: Well, well. So this is this is a perfect segue. Puke if you don't mind, because I've got to jump out in, in two minutes. But this is a perfect segue in what I would love to hear from how you guys are approaching it, because I know I had um you know we had challenges like this had X to Y two, and and it still still is to be honest. You can see the amount of people that are participating. It's a, it's a, it's difficult, right? So f- from your perspective, as you say a lot, a large part of your job is to talk to people to you know to to create activities to to handle the community obviously and and to make it to make people want to be part of that community because as as a marketplace it, it's not always as obvious that people will want to hang in hang within that discord or or spend time there so how are you approaching it and what's your vision in terms of um Ma- not managing a community so much as attracting the community and making interesting for people to come and spend time with you guys.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I w- our discord like many other discords for marketplaces. So our discord is separate from that of a project where, you know, if you bought into a project, you're looking to meet people, you're looking to connect, you're looking to hang out, you're looking to catch the vibes Our Discord happens to be like more support focused and oriented. So we have a great team um, who's in there answering questions about people, you know, they might want to mint something. Maybe they experienced an error on the site. They want to take advantage of a new tool. So that's what we're seeing specifically within our Discord. So I would say that's not necessarily where a lot of the building, community building goes, even though it does go there. um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the focus again, just because what happens there is more support oriented. And that makes sense. We're a marketplace. No one wants to hang out in the marketplace's Discord. They want to hang out (laughs) in the project's Discord. You know what I mean? So we don't take any offense to that. It's just we know that there are other tools and other places where that conversation is going to be richer. And so one of those places is in fact Twitter. For us, um my strategy has been to want like cross culture with a reason to hang out. And so like when I talk about culture i talk about memes i talk about gms i talk about some sort of like technical analysis depending on what's happening in the market really giving people like a connection to culture and a reason to care and then you know that in and of itself i think attracts people and brings people because they see they see quality they see an opportunity to engage and they just they want to hang out where the vibes are good so that's sort of what i've been doing and that has shifted from you know during the bear market it was just like positive tweets all the time it literally was like i would see tweets that are like nfts are the future nfts are unstoppable like really hopium type stuff and in the market that we're in right now because of the macroeconomic situation there is a little bit of hopium still um or copium you might say but we really had to position our our voice and our tone and our content on twitter to be much more like degen It's Web3 memes, it's self-aware commentary, and that has attracted a lot of people and boosted our performance. Because when I joined, I think the account had like maybe 400 something followers, and we just surpassed 500k um, last week. So like there are opportunities to still build and create community and like, you know, generate that growth, even in a bear market, which is, you know, a tough place to be. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, one thing when Wacky
1: asked um, asked you this question, because it was reflected uh, during his time when he was in X2Y2, right? So, during that time, you know, I was in, um, you know, the NFT working for a project, doing all sorts of, you know, community building, and I got to know Wacky basically in a Singapore event. And one thing that he asked is like you know he has been doing spaces for x two y two for the longest of longest time right, and each time he does you know does the spaces with a particular project, um, he sees like you know the views and stuff like that for Twitter Spaces is going down like every time it's going slowly down and down. So when when I see for example Raribles right now in terms of like you know the Twitter Spaces uh, ranking, you guys are above like the one the top one hundred spaces in in on Twitter, right? So it's it's good to see, for example, like marketplaces, they can have like that character itself. Like what you said, you know, everybody when you know it's a hype project, you know, of course the Twitter space is gonna do well because everybody just wanting to you know get to know their project, wanting the whitelist of the project and the attendance is high. But for for you guys, um I, I mean Kudos to you, Adam, because you are able to do such an amazing job in terms of maintaining, you know, being a marketplace, but giving a character to the marketplace. Like, when you talk about memes, I know what you're talking about, bro, because, like, you literally joined the Opepe fight, um, you know, memes as well, and then you you tweeted it. Like, this kind of stuff doesn't really happen on traditional marketplace. Like, when you see OpenSea, it's always going to be focused towards, like, you know, okay, um, this project, we're going to launch it this week. Next project, we're gonna launch it next week. And when when I see that it's more towards like a business that's talking to you instead of a personal, like a, a personal touch. And when you know I see, for example, you know, people hosting, for example, Twitter spaces, if if it's a project that hosts it, it doesn't feel so personal together with you but if the founder itself is hosting it and then the project comes and as a speaker or listener it just feels different right so what, what's your main strategy in terms of like you know doing twitter spaces is it more towards like you know each time you get a project comes in to talk about a project or it's more towards like the relevant
4: topics that is happening in the
1: nft scene
4: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And thank you for your kind words. Yeah, like just jumping on Opepin, like, there's just opportunities like that are quick, that are easy, that, you know, it took our designer, like, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes to like mock that up. But yet it's so, it it just shows that we understand what's going on and that we have a perspective. Uh, And so that's really like the social opportunities that I'm trying to engage in. I would say with spaces, um, we've taken a couple different approaches. Uh, Last year, pretty much every Monday, I would say, um, we I hosted a space, um, it was called GM Weekly, and it was essentially a news roundup of everything that had happened like the previous week uh, with sort of analysis and commentary. So even though it wasn't like breaking news, it was still sort of a recap and an understanding of, okay, well, because this happened in the previous week, this is what we can expect for this upcoming week. So we've done that. Um, that show is no longer around, but the other thing that we have been doing um, is we've actually been slowing down on spaces a little bit only because they're so saturated. People have limited attention spans. And when we, when we when people join a space, I want them to personally be like, okay, great. Rarible's on, they're doing a good one. I don't want people to just say like, oh, Rarible's doing another space and like kind of roll their eyes. Um, so I think the last space that we did that we hosted was um, in regards to a Polygon, project uh or polygon capability lean remind me was that was that the last one that we did together
3: i think that was one of the last ones we hosted yeah the polygon on builder
4: yeah because that one i mean we had we've been like building oh yeah i mean we've been building like in sort of in the direction of polygon and lean really is is um, responsible for a lot of this Um, so we launched our polygon community marketplace builder um and then we also launched a, an aggregation capability where we're, we, we pull in um, Polygon orders from Seaport. So we had a lot to talk about on that space, which is really exciting for our community. And then the Polygon uh, handle, which we you know, were talking to, um, they jumped in. Um, and then we had a couple of other like, high influential people jump in. And then the space had like 70,000 listens, like it was absolutely bananas. And I think it's because, I don't know, Lean. if you want to go find that tweet, I think it wasn't Sandy, but someone posted the tweet, if you want to pin it, um, if you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, and it was wild, but I really feel like less is more when it comes to Web3 and how you choose to tell the story matters. Um, oh, no, I wasn't going <laughs> to, not that one. I was talking about the tweet where um, someone from Polygon, maybe it was, I forget who it was, but they were like, 70,000 views, this is crazy. Uh, There is a tweet out there, something like that. But um, what I mean to say is we've been doing the less is more approach, which is unless we have something really important, really controversial or like really fundamental to our business, um, we're not utilizing this channel. And I think, I don't know, but I think that people appreciate that. But, you know, there's also the strategy of like constantly being on, constantly being visible, constantly whatever, like obviously... Rug Radio happens every day. They have their notorious segments with like Mando and OSF. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all kind of depends. But for us, at least, I think the less is more approach has worked because we're a marketplace. We don't have that much to say all the time. That's super meaningful. So when we do want to make that launch or splash, we use this tool. Yep, yep. And, and, I, and I love it how you approach it
1: because it's, it's not just going to be, you know, daily spaces with, you know, just... So one you know just host a space because you just want to be there like it's said but it's more towards guided to you know what you guys are building how can you take like the current news and integrate to something that you guys are already working on and i think that is the main factor in terms of like the growth because then it makes sense to people all oh, right you know wearables is always at the top in terms of you know talking about stuff like that and so you know right now let's dive into a little bit of a you know a, a good segment because, you know, we have been over and over again talking about royalties and stuff like that and like like you say, right, Meme, you know, Blur and open sea is just going heads on but, you know, Community Marketplace on wearable is just smoking that hopium and if you don't know, you know, Asia, uh, Asia Web3 motherfuckers, we always talk about smoking the hopium so you guys are just the right fit for us. Alright, Lin, I'm going to throw this over to you because obviously you are the product in terms of uh, Rebill. So what was the top process behind like you know when the whole royalty comes in um, you know it's like because it's when when stuff or big things happen, right? Uh, it's always difficult to make a stand in Web3 because Web3 is a unique space where you will have 50-50 of the people, right? Like 50 people is going to say, you know what, don't support royalty. And 50 people are going to say, you know what, support royalty. And the debate just go on and on and on. So what was the thought process behind saying, you know what, this is the core value of wearable. We are going to you know, support or enforce royalties.
3: Yeah, great question. And it's such an interesting topic. And at the time, it wasn't easy. You know, like Adam and I were in it. Um, and basically, the I think the biggest factor we have is wearable is an aggregator as well. So that means we are aggregating from X2Y to pseudo OpenSea. Um, and that means for us, we have a product that's very close to my heart, which uh, is called Community Marketplaces. And we're all about... Since day one, Rarebird launched being a community centric marketplace, you know, back in the day when minting capabilities were very, you were not really able to mint on any platform. You had to apply to get accepted. Rarebird took the stand to be very creator centric. And it's like you can lazy mint since day one. um, And we wanted to support our creators. And part of supporting your creators, and I think it's a fundamental aspect for us in Web3, was royalties, right? The whole concept is as an artist in Web3, you will be able to get royalties on any transactions that happens after the initial sale that will kind of valuate your work and like props to you versus on web2 um so what we had to do it was basically war rooms and we were like what do we do at this point if because basically when you're an aggregator and we're getting folks to build their own community marketplaces i want my artists and my communities to take control of that versus being stuck between uh marketplace war which is what we're living in right now Um, so we had to go in and basically evaluate each of the marketplaces we're aggregating from and build either wrappers or enforce royalties um, on the front end so i think for Sudo, we ended up building a wrapper um, for it to pull royalties from the royalty registry and at the checkout you will see that royalties will be enforced even if it's an item that's aggregated from Sudo swap Um, so that was our thought process and you might ask, why didn't we just stop aggregating? And that was also kind of on the table. It's like, do we just stop aggregating and keep it keep it for native liquidity only? Um, the issue with that is when you're launching a marketplace, you need liquidity, right? It's like when you're a community, you're launching your marketplace, you need to make sure there are items for sale. And that's the number one item for success. Um, so that's what we ended up doing. We took full stand behind royalties it was we supported period Um, and we just had to go in war rooms with our tech team and figure out what can we do to make sure royalties are enforced at least on our front ends
1: yep and i mean it's it's good to see you know every marketplace behind the whole idea of why they're building it kind of like pivot from each other to have like that own unit standpoint and uh, one thing that you guys did, uh, Lin, which is you know, you guys make the standpoint to say, you know what, we are going to cite the community, we are going to build it, and maybe because of this particular move, you can see like, hey, you know, there is another untapped market that right now you guys kind of like you know hold the biggest market share and tell me a little bit of like you know community marketplace like where does the idea come from because uh i mean it's always interesting to see creative people in the space uh when was pushed you know to a certain degree and then they come up with a fantastic product
3: yeah yeah great question so community marketplaces basically um if you folks in the room don't know what it is actually let's get a sense in the room throw some emojis if you've heard of a community marketplace I'm gonna throw an emoji because I I work on it. Alrighty. So not not many, a couple. Cool. Um so basically a community marketplace, this whole concept started at Wearable 2021, 20, March. It was with a project called Meta Angels. Um and basically it's a way for us to empower creators to own their own marketplace. So instead of being stuck on um basically the backs of the open seas the wearable kind of ironic because we're also wearable um, magic eden blur and so on we wanted to give the creators basically a chance to own the full experience from mint to secondary so as a creator you will be able to create a marketplace that will have liquidity and this is what i was touching on earlier about aggregating um, you'll be able to customize your ui ux you'll also be and this is an interesting one to set your own marketplace fee which could be a fun way and a fun new revenue model for marketplaces, um, for communities that have their own marketplaces. And basically it's instead of the, I think right now OpenSea is at 0 or 0.5. Um, it used to be the 2.5. This would be a revenue that could go to projects DAOs and uh, kind of help fund the ops. Um, and we had a couple other use cases where it was with Pixel Vault and basically an iconic collection, but there, there are a lot of collections. They have... I think approximately 30 now Um, and they wanted a one-stop shop for all their collections so we worked with them to create their own marketplace or storefront um, where you can just browse kind of get which items you want um, as a user and then as a collection or artist you kind of have more control on basically your trading experience.
1: Yep. So um, tell me a little bit more. So for example, if, it, if a project, they launch their community marketplace on wearables, is it still tradable uh, with zero royalty on other platforms?
3: So the way it works is when you launch a marketplace on wearable, it's going to be built or powered by the wearable protocol. Um, and it depends on if it would be still tradable zero percent on other marketplaces because you can't it's if it's on chain you can't limit where it's being sold unless you on the contract level stop that um, but what you can do as a community at least is you can enforce royalties on your own marketplace and we've been seeing interesting user behaviors where collections went down to zero royalties some are going back up um, there was an interesting use case we had with a community we worked on with a marketplace a couple of weeks back and the community itself was asking the founders to turn back on the real royalties which i thought was fascinating um so that's what the team ended up doing they turned back on royalties and made sure to direct their users to check out via their custom marketplace um and then the uh, the community was able to kind of um lost my
1: train of thoughts yeah. <laughs> here.
3: I'm yeah. like for it, but yeah, we're going somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Maeve, I saw you unmute. Go ahead, buddy.
2: Yeah. So, uh, when when I saw, so Adam, I, I wanna like kudos, man. I love. I, I don't know if the idea uh, was uh, we, we you you were the one that uh, suggested the idea, but like when I saw the zero percent platform fee, like the the one I shared earlier, that meme was amazing, man. Like, and uh, I just wanna like kudos, man. Uh both of you have been amazing like really on point when when the blur thing hit the market i think it was intense man like uh the well we we covered blur quite extensively then uh suddenly uh like you you guys were so proactive on this and uh when i dive deep into community marketplace to me it was uh it it was amazing uh really really proactive on the matter then obviously like later on OpenSea, i mean like we, we all know how that went
1: so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you, you just have to throw yeah, shit, bro. Exactly. Yeah, we we know that, we know that. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> All right. So 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 the, the, the next thing that I, I want to talk about is more towards like because you know we have the product, we have the community, and like what Lin said is so true because I, I know at that time, you know, when X2Y2 didn't know what to do. So half of them they said, you know what, we're gonna go zero RT, And then half of them said, you know what. I think royalty is better, right? So they have the debate, and they, you know what? Okay, let's not get into trouble by, you know, announcing something straight away. So they deleted the tweet and then they decided to give it to, up to the community, right? So initially, you know, I I know all this shit because Wacky was the one who told me before he left XY2. But he said, you know, basically they did a kind of like a test uh, whereby the member cap is at 500. So what they do is basically, you know, for example, it was uh, tested with Azuki community. So it's like, you know, do we enforce royalty? Yes or no. So instantly on the page, they get people to vote. And funny, funny enough, like what you said, right? Um, the community was actually they want or they want to enforce royalty. So we, we know that if your community is built in the right way, right? Um, they they are not flippers. They know that hey, you know when we pay royalties, the the company or the project founder itself is incentivized to do something. So incentivized works both ways, right? Like you cannot just keep on incentivizing your community members and then you take all the, you know, um, the, the no, no value for you and then it doesn't really motivate because end of the day's, we are all people and if we are incentivized to do something, we will do the very best of it. So it's good to see, for example, the communities that build the right way, they know that royalties is important to the creators, to the project founder itself because, you know, more royalties coming in, you know, the artists can draw more, they can produce more, they can grow the brand more and it's like a ecosystem that works very well. Um, the the trouble that we see right now is, you know, when it's zero royalties, um projects can't find a sustainable way to get more money in and we see, you know, tons of projects that bleed out, there's no money and, you know, in the end, we all know that they are going to become a slow ruck, right? So, tell, tell me more about, you know, when you proposed this kind of concept, what was the end goal in mind to have, for example, all committees to come on board? What was that whole uh, strategy in terms of onboarding, you know, better people to come, more more projects to say, hey, you know what, we stand with enforcing royalties come to Um, do you have any particular strategy on that adam
4: yeah so i think you know as we were building out the strategy for these community marketplaces we looked at a couple things and the first was you know what's happening out there in the market and obviously we saw this race to the bottom which is what we call it where Certain platforms are charging 0% fees and they're also charging 0% royalties or, you know, slightly above that. And we think this is a really tough place in the market to be because with 0% fees, that means that the marketplace itself is not making any money unless they have other revenue streams, but likely their largest revenue source is going to be those platform fees. So, you know, the marketplaces are hurting. And then if you cut out royalties, you have the projects and the collections who are hurting because... Particularly if they're a young project, they don't have other revenue streams. Like Yuga will probably be fine. Doodles will probably be fine. If you just launch your collection or if you are a digital fine artist and you're just selling your work, um, you're going to be hurting if you don't have those royalties. So we looked out across the ecosystem and we saw those things and we were like, we don't believe that this is where the industry should go. And obviously, you know, that is a perspective. Not everyone agrees. Um, But that's what we believe. And so when we were building these community marketplaces, we made sure to address those issues, which is we are not going to take um, platform fees for native listings because we want people to pay the least amount um, and be incentivized to come use these marketplaces. But we're also going to enforce royalties because we believe that collections and particularly artists um, should get those royalties. And, And that's really one of the fundamental things about the space. It's one of the fundamental things about web three. So, you know, my personal opinion um, is that, you know, the farmers, you know, they can go use blur. They can go, you know, flip things for point oh 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 one if that's really what they want to do. But as it relates to like strong and healthy communities, we want them to, you know, be paying royalties. We want them to be leaned in, engaged, building value alongside the project. Um, and we believe that community marketplaces will do that.
1: Yep. And I mean, it's funny that you talk about blur and flipping, right? Because yesterday, Wacky gave the stats and um, it's, you know, it's shocking the stats. Like, you know, there's so much flipping happening. But in terms of like real profit, it's only like in one collection in a day, it's only like five ETH of, you know, people doing the flipping, you know, tons of volume coming in, coming out. And end of the day, you know, so much work for such for such a profit and, you know, not knowing whether in the future it's, you know, the airdrop's going to be big or, you know, it's going to be as good as the, the first one. We, we never know. Right. So, I mean, to take a different approach, it's a good way to say, Hey, you know what? We are, you know, trying to stand out and have our own pathway in terms of what we want to do. So the, the next question is this, like in, in terms of, you know, building the whole platform, coming out with the community, um, marketplace and stuff like that what is really the end goal for variables to become like you know it's is, is it this kind of committee is a way for you guys to take over the market share or what what was
4: that you know end goal that you guys want to achieve i think lean probably is better positioned for this one because she's literally working with devs to build this product
3: yeah, for sure, Adam. Um, and did you guys see? I just got rugged. I'm like, is this part of being on uh, Rug Radio for it? fun? <laughs> did you
1: no, rock me on purpose, no. guys? <laughs> so, so, so the funny thing is, like, I see that your profile is, you know, you drop off, you come up, you drop off. Like, this is the third time already. Like, that is the process. You, you have to trust the process. Okay, okay I'm getting
3: it. <laughs> Love that. Cool. Um, but in terms of community marketplaces, where we're seeing it, it's Really, if you think about it from a Web2 perspective, it's the Shopify versus Amazon model, where at the end of the day, we believe that every creator um, or project would want to have their own storefront um, and own that experience. A big part of it, and I've been closely working with a lot of Web2 brands, um, we have a couple of fun ones cooking, uh, we had McFarlane, where when you're onboarding someone to the space, me my first time going on OpenSea back when I was talking about the COVID times, it was so overwhelming. You know, there's so much going on. So as a trader, no problem. I'll be on Blur. I'll be on OpenSea. I'll be on wearable. I can navigate the space. But if you're onboarding someone new to the space that's fully Web2 native, never heard of crypto, it's so much easier to onboard them on a marketplace where it's just the marketplace for the item they're willing to purchase. Um, it's kind of you saw with Starbucks. They have their marketplace um, we have McFarland that we launched in December, and this was our first Polygon white label marketplace. And it's super interesting to see the user behavior, because if you're a collector in Web2 and now you're collecting digital items in Web3, it's so much easier for the liquidity or it's so much easier for users to just purchase through a front that looks familiar. Right. Uh, so you'll notice marketplaces like McFarland or Fox or all our Web2 marketplaces Um a lot of the users are being onboarded to the space and that's their first entry point. So I see that as a huge kind of strategy point we have in the future where all these Web2 projects coming in the space will need a marketplace if they're onboarding um, non-crypto natives. Um, And then the other angle we have is we've been community-centric, artist-centric since day one. And this is just another stab at it where how can we become more decentralized as a space where you as an artist or a community, you never know what's going to happen with these marketplace wars with uh, no one knows you know it's like tomorrow we might all wake up on twitter and god knows what happens and it's kind of fun in the space but this is giving more ownership to creators and collection owners um to kind of own their not just primary but also secondary experience so no matter what turns we uh, have to hop on uh, in the coming months if we're still here uh, at least uh, collections will own that experience (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so you you talk about uh, working with Web2 brands and, um you know, basically it pings in my head, right? So can you like dive down a little bit more alpha in terms of like when you talk about working with Web2 brands, is it like what Polygon is doing? Because like, you know, we, we saw Polygon huge success in terms of working, for example, with Starbucks and stuff like that. So do you have anything to share on that end?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, So it's interesting because a lot of Web2, and we work closely with the Polygon team, a lot of Web2 brands that are entering the space, they want to own their own secondary experience as well. Because when they are onboarding to um, Web3, that's kind of one of their biggest pain points is onboarding their existing customer base from Web2 to Web3. And one is with minting, it's quite easy because you can own that experience. And it's not overwhelming as if I'm the user persona of Samantha, I've never... anything in crypto don't know what crypto is you send me to a mint page that just looks exactly like what I'm used to from a branding perspective let's say with uh, McFarlane it's super easy to onboard right but then you go to secondary and you want to redirect them to an OpenSea or to a wearable.com or a Blur, it becomes very overwhelming and a lot of my web2 partners they like that's a huge pain point they have Um, so they want to own their primary and secondary experience from a look and feel Um, One UI UX, it's so much easier to onboard someone on like examples like Fox, they have the Kripopolis. They're like, if users mint, we just want to direct them to our secondary directly from there and they can buy and sell and it's just focused within one ecosystem instead of getting um, users lost and distracted.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, when I see big brands coming into the space, like, it's going to be so difficult for them to be like, hey, you know, you guys, um, if you want to trade on secondary market, go to OpenSea, go to Blur. Like, you know, there's so many things that they have to consider, but when they have this thing called community marketplace, it's instantly a no-brainer to just direct them to one place. And um, you, you talk about, you know, being an aggregator, basically, you guys are worked closely with Polygon, and I see some, you, you guys have also Tezos as well. So what, Anything that, you know, interesting that you guys are building together with Polygon?
3: Polygon, uh, we recently dropped, we started aggregating uh, orders from OpenSea, which I think um, is huge. Not a lot of people in the space are doing. Um, You'll notice a lot of marketplaces on Polygon, um, you just have liquidity from one marketplace. Um, So we started aggregating on OpenSea. So now you'll notice on Wearable, all the community marketplaces on Polygon, they have both Wearable listings and OpenSea. Um, We have a couple of fun things uh, happening uh, mid-April, but uh, TBD.
1: (laughs) It's actually those TBD that I want to hear. But um, basically, (laughs) Maeve, um, so just just a short uh, segment, Maeve has actually pinned up a tweet. So guys, uh, if you don't know what is it about, Uh, basically right now, you know, Pukecast, we are releasing a daily pull-up to listen to our spaces and uh, just collect it. Every week, we will have different meals coming out. And collecting it, the first giveaway will be uh, a race token, which is utilised in the Kaiju Kings community. And it's equivalent to around 200 USD. So all you have to do is click on the link. Um, there's no password involved. Um, you know, it's ref.gg. Use a laptop to have, or a desktop to have a better experience. But just click on the link, click, uh, put in your address, mint it, and um, you guys are in for the race. All right. Uh, maybe one, one, one last questions. Um, that I want to know about is more towards like you know we have seen you know, um, community marketplace that you guys are built. Definitely, this idea isn't something that hey you know um it just uh royalties just come out and then okay this is something that we want to build. But I believe like the whole idea behind it, it's way before. Um, you know, the royalties has already um happened, right? So, what what was the thought process behind, like, you know, when Rarebus first came out, uh, is it always the direction to build a community marketplace, or what was the initial thing that you guys uh aspire to become?
3: Great question. I think this product started not when Wearable first started. This came a bit later. I think it's one of our newest products. Um, This was in 2021 March. That was Meta Angels. Um, And initially, it was us working with a lot of communities. And it was interesting to see that communities kind of wanted that. They wanted to have one the ui ux where they can kind of have it matches their brand experience and it's easy for users to go in um, and two with custom fees so it's another revenue model for these projects you can as a community marketplace basically you're operating a marketplace yourself so you can put in 0.5 percent that goes to your DAO or funds operations or you can do it at zero percent which is what pixel vault did um, and they did that before the whole marketplace war that just went down Um, And it was an incentive for users to trade there. Um, And I think that was interesting. And what kind of happened with us in the product evolution was our backlog, we started it as a white label product. So we would only work directly with one project at a time, build the marketplace, see what the market's feeling, see what the community's feeling, get some feedback and keep polishing it. But then our backlog grew bananas. Um, so we started working, we like, okay, what do we do at this point? We obviously do not have the capacity to sit and work on it. We were, we're basically a very small team. Um, so we ended up working on a builder, which is, you can think of it, and this is where I see the Shopify model. It's anyone with a collection can go in and just within a couple of clicks, you can create your marketplace. Um, you can customize it. You'll have a dashboard. You'll be able to set your marketplace fees um your basically seo your domains um so this was kind of the product evolution and i think the dashboard uh, the marketplace generator itself is very exciting um and we pushed it on uh, ethereum and polygon and it's i think we're powering over 3,000 marketplaces um as of now which is bananas um and it's all built on the rareable protocol and i think it's super interesting because we see a lot of use cases you know at the end of the day i always talk about this being In products from Web 2 to Web 3, in Web 3, you build an open, you know, and you echo this, you hear it everywhere in the space. You need to build for your users. And I'm literally always in, like, users DMs. And this is where Adam and I work closely together. Um, My partner in crime, Adam, iconic. Uh, But we work closely together because you're building for the community, right? It's a product for the community. We're building for them, with them. So you'll notice the product evolution, even the roadmap. I like to keep it as open as possible. And it's the highest requested on the builder was like multiple collections. They're like, Dean, we need to link all our collections. So this is what we dropped in beta a couple weeks um, ago. It should go to public very soon. Um, And we started also refining the way we ship um, out, which initially we would fine tune the feature, then ship it out. Notice that that did not really make a lot of sense and we needed more user feedback. So we ship an MVP, put it out for beta, Get users' thoughts and parts. We have our power users. Get the pulse in the community, and then ship the polished feature. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. It's like an interesting product evolution uh, roadmap. is pretty open, but at the end of the day, we're building for the community with the community.
1: Yeah, you, you sound like a true entrepreneur, because you know when you talk about Shopify, when you talk about MVP, I mean that is the bread and butter in terms of testing and launching a product, right? And uh, when you said you know it's Right now, I'm seeing in a way that tons of Things or you know platforms are kind of doing all those like I I call it done for you system, right? Like we have Benefo, we have you know uh, Fair XYZ that basically you know when when I was in the space, you know, when it was the doodle time, like one and a half years ago, you know, when to create a smart contract, it takes so much money, right? When you want to create a project, they say, Hey, you know what, we're gonna charge you 40% upfront for whatever you minted. Like, I mean, that is a crazy amount. And right now, when we see, for example, Bueno um you know fair xyz manifold it's kind of like just clicking in a few buttons and it's already done for you so when i was you know looking through or browsing through the interface that you guys have built it's basically the same model of done for you system which is like what you say you know shopify you choose a template you just key in everything and it's done it's smooth it's user-friendly and uh it's it's just on how you scale the next thing so when, when I'm when I look in terms of this kind of uh, product and you talk a little bit of the MVP um, can you dive down in, in terms of like MVP was it just testing with one um, for example one project and then launching it and see how the community reacts or what was that technical uh, process behind the, the MVP structure yeah sounds
3: good a uh, great question and would love to hear your feedback by the way if you've played with it would' love to see like your thoughts on on it next Um, MVP is we initially, the proof of concept was actually launching with communities only white labels. So we started Meta Angels, um, you know, the Iconics, V1 Punks, uh, MFers. um, And this was the pulse to see if there is a need in the market. One, how is the community acting? Two, does the projects and artists, do they value this product, right? And then from there, we went to the no-code solution because at the end of the day, this is not scalable. For us to ship a white label, it takes us basically four weeks back and forth, development, design, and so on. And the backlog, if you see my backlog, you'll cry with me. Um, bananas, right? <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's rough. Uh, God.
1: <laughs> that's um, it, that's it. You're in my, we are in free.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm like, help SOS. What do we do, right? So it's uh, basically, it's what you touched on. At the end of the day, if someone wants to, you, we're not all technical here. Um, it's like, how can we create it as a no-code solution? Right? So the builder does not necessarily have all the templates from a white label, but we're slowly kind of ramping up to it. So ideally, any user, any artist, any creator can go in and just create the marketplace without even needing to go through us. Right, It's it's open, it's free, you can use it, test it, let us know feedback. Um, in terms of the MVP, we initially just launched it. It was just customized design. Right, You only had the design tab, you can customize the design and push it. It was only on Ethereum as well. Um, and then the cool thing about kind of... How we've been approaching development um, is when I work with a white label, if I'm shipping any features there, I try to roll it out for the builder afterwards. Why? One, because it's there might be a need in the market for it if these high key collections are asking for it. Two, it makes sense from a development perspective, right? And this is where the tech geek in me comes out. It's how can we leverage that and also roll it to the our whole community and our entire kind of customer base um, so we started with customizing design to realize that a lot of community users wanted to connect their custom domains because at the end of the day if this is your marketplace you want it to have a url here in the space i think we all know that no one clicks links right <laughs> links are sus um, so a lot of the feedback we were getting um, Adam probably twitter was flooded on your end too where it's hey we want to connect custom domains and i think this stuck with me I got a couple DMs where someone was telling me, Neen, I see MFers have their custom domains. Why can, can't I do it? And I'm like, fair, bet, let's do it, right? <laughs> we figured that yeah. out. Um, next, it was SEO, right? So on Twitter, we all live on Twitter here. Um, hi, Twitter fans. I see a couple of familiar faces. As um, when you share your marketplace link, the feedback we got was like, can, can't we customize basically the SEO? Like the image looks horrific. I don't want this random image, right? And I want to put my own. Um, SEO title and description because it matters right when you're sharing your marketplace links um, gives users more kind of feeling that okay I'm gonna click this it's safe the project is shipping it so we ship that feature Um, and this this has been like kind of the journey I can talk for days about kind of the features we ship but this has been kind of the journey where it's it's open sometimes we ship things people use them sometimes they don't and this is where we're like hey you know what we're talking to the community building for them seeing what makes sense and what doesn't
1: yeah, I mean, all this small intricacy that you know that actually matters because, like, right now when you share a link and the link doesn't show, for example, a placeholder of the project, people will be like, "What? This this looks a little bit sus." <laughs> I I don't know whether I want to click it or not, right? So I mean, when you when you think about you know how uh, it's important to be, for example, transparent, uh, you know, links people want to trust the link before they click it. All this really matters, and it also is a way of you know people communities that maybe they don't even use wearables, right? And uh, because of the community launching it, then you are able to kind of like, you know, bring the traffic in from different types of community. And when people see, hey, you know, Right now, there are like 30, 40 people or different communities are using wearable and it has a great experience. You know what? I want to do it as well. Uh, Because like right now, one thing I know in the space is that everybody is looking to do the next thing, right? Like when uh pops out, all communities, they are just looking for the next thing because hey, you know, if you're not doing something new, um, you know, your holder is going to say, ah, this project is going to fight to the ground or they are not doing anything and stuff like that. So I'm seeing in a way like, you know, Communities can easily just onboard these kind of like, you know, th- things and then community can say, hey, you know, they are doing something and it really works in line with your pipeline. All right. So maybe and the last question I want to ask about is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, giving the carrot. Basically, it's you know, how you make sure that customers are loyal to your place. So is it um, do you guys like utilizers because I know you have a token called RARI, right? Uh, Do you guys utilize it to kind of like have that, you know, that, that loyalness in terms of hooking up the customers or, you know, any, any strategies that you guys are using it for?
3: Great question about Rari. Um, Right now, not yet is what I'm going to say about community marketplaces. So I did not say no. Um, I don't know if this has been alpha or not. (laughs) I'm like, clean show. What alpha can I drop? I need to drop something. Um, (laughs) Let me think of something I can drop. Um, Not yet, but it's an avenue we are exploring. So we are exploring linking Rari to certain community marketplaces. Um, At the end of the day, Rari runs through a DAO. Um, So it needs to go through the governance process the voting process and so on but that's something we are exploring what we're also looking at is and i think it's such an interesting dynamic because when you're onboarding someone to this product you're not only onboarding end users right you're also onboarding communities so you have basically two users you need to think about and like one is i'm shipping this for my communities and I see a couple of familiar faces here with community marketplaces. So hi, hi everyone. Um, and then the second part is you're shipping it to the end users that are going to be using these communities, right? So how do you make sure both interfaces are um, on par? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I don't know. Let me know if you have any thoughts. Like, what, what do you think about it? I think you've used the product.
1: Wait, are you turning to yeah, yeah. Back Over to you. To you? <laughs> oh, no. Flip cord. Here we go. Uh, 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 you, know, you know what? I'm gonna throw to Mave. Maeve, you have been awfully quiet, and you are like the NFT analyst in terms of Puka. So, bro, so so sorry. Go ahead, oh, buddy. I'm gonna sorry, throw this mean? to you. I
2: thought like we we were showing because oh, like no, I, no. I had a I had a serious question I <laughs> wanted to ask. Like I like. Okay, go okay, ahead. Go ahead. I'm so
1: sorry, like <laughs> cutting, cutting a dish. So you, so, so, so right now you don't want to answer people, and then you want to give them a. question. Right, cool, no, no, cool. no, no. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, like, is go is ahead, go go ahead. Topic, Governance guys. is a very, very serious thing, guys. It's like complicated. It's like a whole <laughs> level of uh,
2: you know, like, oof, oof. But my question is a lot simpler, because like, uh, uh, this this week, uh, CMP, uh, like it's, it's basically official, right? They're gonna migrate out. They're gonna. Uh, reintroduce uh, 10% royalties on their new contract then uh, uh, plague is also going to do the same thing the are, are you guys going already planning a like a proper acquisition uh, strategy to onboard more blue chip projects into rivalable because like uh, it, it seems like uh, def- i don't know it seems like a lot of projects are it, it's just going to follow suit right once they see like the the, the big players right you know C&P is doing it there's like probably the majority of Japanese projects, they now play...
1: Wait, wait, Maeve, Maeve. So, so meaning that uh, the plague, they're going to relaunch their contract that enforce royalties.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: S- which, which technically, they can do it with variables, yeah, right? exactly. Okay.
2: So, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, go. yeah, so, so my, my, my question is, like, uh, is variable. Uh, already planning uh, on something proactive to, to like you know get a head start on this or
3: i think this is interesting because when now they're enforcing royalties on contract technically we're still going to be supporting it um in a way we where it will still be enforced from our end if it's being aggregated let me know if this is making sense um but we do have a couple things cooking up in terms of a couple blue chips um and i think what's been interesting for us is the more blue chips we partner with and push the higher the adoption is from other projects because it's kind of it's a paradigm shift for the way we trade um so we get a i get like a couple messages from users where i'm like why why did you create your marketplace and it's because oh i saw v1 punks create it or um, and this was pre the royalties war. Um, so I think it's interesting. We do have a couple projects, I think, being pushed. April is going to be bananas on my side. Um, so no sleep. Here we go. Um, but we have a couple projects being cooked in the making. Um, I haven't really honestly dived deep much into this uh, update with the enforced um, royalties on the contract yet.
2: Fully understood. From, from what I gathered to a true <laughs> Web3 native 24. 24- four hours no sleep yeah, <laughs> no sleep. yeah but
1: yeah, not, yeah. When...
3: not yet you know but it's interesting I'm soon, Googling soon, it
1: right soon. now oh, yeah, yeah yeah soon when, <laughs> when you onboard like tens of like the projects that are coming in uh, flooding your gate then definitely it's like no sleep for you alright this has been a fun space man I have to say you know i have always wanting to do Uh, When I saw, you know, community um, marketplace and stuff like that, I told Maeve, you know, hey, you have to get rebels on it because I love to talk to people that, you know, they actually can build a strong community behind the product. And when people love to use the product, man, like, you know, it's no stopping in, you know, how they want to build it, how they want to further improve it. So, guys, you know, once again, thank you so much for being here with the Asia Web Three motherfuckers powered by PewCast the rug radio of asia space with you guys i believe we are one step ahead in building the most genuine community in asia so heads up if you guys are on the space since the beginning till now all you have to do is scroll up see the pin tweet that PewCast has post click on the link you know put in your address and you are able to win the pull up and what's the pull up for basically we will release you know stuff uh ruffles to you guys and the first prize this week that we're going to do it's going to be worth around 200 usd all right once again thank you lin thank you adam for being here with us um great great to learn what you guys are building so far and i'm excited to see more developments from your end
3: so so nice to meet you guys and thanks for having us this has been lovely and fun and uh, i'll see you around twitter <laughs>
1: yeah, thanks, yep, all right, take care, guys. So, you know, we run this show every Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. GMT plus 8, where we talk about, you know, what's hot in the NFT market, the latest alpha, and also invite good projects as guest speaker. So tomorrow is Friday, the last day of the week. See you guys again tomorrow because we will be having Overlord XYZ or Crips to be our guest speaker. So see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.